Hello everyone, Captain Carter here. Today, we'll be discussing multiverses, moon knights, and of course the fact that the last James Bond movie, the crowned jewel of my people, has had plenty of time to die and might very well actually be dead. It's all coming up on this episode of the Infinity Watch Podcast! It's me, Peggy Carter! So, so many things to touch on in that intro. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Welcome back to the Infinity Watch podcast uh, after a brief hiatus while we waited for more shit to come our way. Um, my name is Tommy, and uh, this is my British lesbian, very happy, very excited co-host, Eric. Um, what What's up? Dude, uh, how do I even unpack that? You know, first of all, I don't understand, like, <laughs> why is Peggy Carter so damn happy in this entire episode? That's one. I don't want to get too into it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, James yeah. Bond is just, has been slowly turning a knife in my back for yeah. five fucking <laughs> yeah, years. I, just, I wanted to make sure that got a uh, that got a, a shout out just because I, I know that... Uh, it must be killing you. And at this point, like, I, I don't, I just don't get it. I mean, I don't, I just don't you know, get it. Movies are dead. Movies are never going to, the never, nobody's ever going to make another movie. We should just accept it. Movies, <laughs> movies as an industry are just done. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah. You know, I, it's so funny because I always go back to, there's a report that came out. A long time ago now, several, several months, if not like six months to a year. And they're like, in order for No Time to Die, which is the upcoming James Bond movie that's supposed to come out in like a month and a half, probably won't because fuck my life. Um, they, yeah, they said no that they needed $900 million to make a profit. <laughs> I saw that. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, what did you like? Was there like a $500 just- million hookers and blow budget? Like, I, I just, I don't understand. They used to be able to make these movies so quickly, so efficiently, and now it's just become like a bloated carcass of a mess. And I don't get it. Yeah, you, you just got to take the L on this one. Yeah. Like, I get, I, I totally understand. I'm not unsympathetic to the thought process of the people who make these movies who are like, we put so many hundreds of millions of dollars into this movie, like... We got. We have to try to make it back, but it's going to be three, four, five years before you even sniff that number ever again. In my, oh, so man. like, it's just you just got to take the L. That's just what you got to do. You know, they, if they do push it back again, they could just push it back into twenty twenty two, and it'll be the sixtieth anniversary. So I mean, <laughs> oh my god, dude, they're they're for sure going to do that. I didn't know that. That's why wouldn't they do that? They're for sure doing that. Yeah. I mean, it makes the most sense because this movie was originally supposed to come out over two years ago or just about two years ago, I believe. It's been rescheduled five times. So, yeah. So good times. Too. All right. Let's jump into the news um, before we jump into what we're going to talk about this week, which is the first episode of Marvel What If 
and the episode is titled what if captain carter were the first avenger which every single time i read that episode title i say why isn't it was the first avenger um but maybe that's just me um okay shang chi wait say that the again? episode title is what if captain wait. carter were the first avenger Right. And for some reason, it just doesn't sound right. I feel like it should be, what if Captain Carter was the first Avenger? I, I mean, I they think both work. I just more, don't like it. Yeah. I think is what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's fair. It's just a, a weird thing. I think if she was the first Avenger, that would imply that it took place in the sacred time. Right, yeah. But yeah. if she were the first Avenger. Yeah, I, like, I, like, I get what they're trying to do. I just hate it. Um, yeah. No, I'm already, fair. you know... I, this is just going to be the tone for the rest of the episode. Just prepare yourselves, folks. <laughs> um, but let's go into the news, and then we'll get into my pessimism uh, later on. Yesterday, uh, from the date that we're recording this, uh, was the worldwide premiere of Shang-Chi, um, which is super exciting that world premieres are still happening, and so I'm super excited about that. Seems like things are still moving forward. Lots of fanfare uh, around that. One of the first things that came out um, is apparently uh, Shang-Chi will feature two post-credit scenes. Mm. So Avengers Endgame, Black Widow both had one. Spider-Man Far From Home had two. This one will also feature two. And so super exciting. I have a feeling um, maybe we'll get a Shang-Chi related post-credit scene and it may be something a little bit larger mcu there's a lot brewing there's a lot in the pipeline i feel like there's a lot to set up um but yeah i'm always excited when we get more than one yeah um i also saw i don't know if you had any more uh shang chi news i have a little bit yeah i got a couple of them okay then i'm sure you're gonna be talking about the thing that i uh want to talk about which is uh pretty spoiler if true all right, so just heads up, if you, if you don't want to know potential spoilers for the movie Shang-Chi. All right, I'm going to take out my headphones. Right maybe now. coming Speaking. out, maybe coming out in the next couple of weeks. I'm certainly not going to. You don't think so, huh? But, uh, I mean. So let me just say from a fan perspective, right? I, I was yeah. skeptical because you couldn't buy tickets until like yesterday. Yeah. And so the moment they started uh, allowing people to pre-order tickets, I was like, okay, this is happening. Unless something yeah. really drastically changes. I just, it might come out, it's like, either, I just feel so bad, because Simu Lu seems like the best human being alive, right? And he's so, clearly so excited. If anybody doesn't know, that's the actor playing Shang-Chi. And uh, he's, like, the greatest. He's just, like, so happy. He's so excited to be part of the universe. He's just really genuine, right? He's just, like, a genuine dude. And I just feel so bad because there's no way for this movie to win. Like, this movie's making zero money, for sure. Uh, And it's like, I think it would have been fine, if not amazing, if not for COVID. But, like, nobody's going to fucking go out and see this movie. I, I really don't. I think this movie looks amazing. And I'm like, really, I just don't want to, I'm just fucking done with theaters forever. I don't want to ever step foot in another theater ever again in my life. All right, and ready? Hot like, take right here. It's going to perform better than Black Widow. Boom. I mean, 
that's obviously insane. And uh <laughs> and uh and that's not gonna happen for sure. But uh just you wait, just you wait. What that is the that's that take is hotter than the sun. <laughs> that is that is the hottest fucking take I've ever heard. Holy I'm, shit. I'm glad to give yeah, it to I you, think, serving it nice and hot and steamy for you. Yeah, I think uh I mean we'll see. I think there's no way. I just think I think this movie uh yeah, I think this movie is the floppiest flop. But but I also think it's going to be genuinely good. It sure seems like it's going to be genuinely good. But anyways, none of this was the spoiler. Yeah. So a new <laughs> new spoiler alert for the next like 30 seconds. Uh it seems as though uh Ben Kingsley yep. will be reprising his role as uh Trevor Slattery slash the Mandarin in Shang-Chi, which I think is a um, phenomenal like i'm so glad i'm so so dude glad. i tuned into the into the premiere and i saw him there and i was like oh my god i had no idea and yeah so, i don't think anybody did i kind of wish i didn't know that but it's super exciting that he's gonna be in it yeah totally agreed um <laughs> yeah that's i it makes sense all of it makes sense we're talking about the 10 rings um, I'm glad they're able to kind of continue that storyline because we had the one Marvel one shot with him in it, which I wish there was a very easy way to watch those Marvel one shots online, but there really isn't. Um, yeah. And that was one of the higher, you know, quality produced ones. But super excited to see where that picks up. Are the um, one shots on Disney Plus? No. That's fucking dumb. So I think I think <laughs> what some are you of doing the, there, Disney? I think their concern is like, this is like Star Wars with their canon stuff now, where it's like they're really drawing a hard line, even though they haven't said anything, where it's just like, I feel like those moments might get in the way of how they write some of these stories going forward, mm. especially that one. So they might change exactly what they're doing there. Who knows? Um, but I know like there's one with with Agent Carter in it, obviously. Uh, and then this one was really big with the Mandarin, and there's like the real Mandarin wants to see you. Who knows if this movie will contradict that or not, um, or if it supports it. But yeah, there's no easy way of watching those right now that's legal besides buying the original Blu-rays, I think. Wow. Very strange. Yeah. Um, alongside some of the Shang-Chi premiere stuff, I guess uh, the actor, I don't know how to say it, Simu Lu? So, that... I think it's Simu. Simu Lu. Um and apologies i i'm terrible at names always um i guess he he got a little bit upset at disney ceo bob chapik um kind of calling shang chi yeah. an experiment uh which ultimately i think was kind of a misunderstanding i think he was not talking about the film itself just its distribution um and i guess the hollywood reporter was talking to our lord and savior kevin feige about his thoughts, because uh, Simu Liu kind of commented on it after Bob Chapik said it, which I hate Bob Chapik. I'm just going to say it. Um, I just don't like him. Um, Kevin Feige said this about uh, um, Simu Liu. He said, he's not a shy man. I think in that huh. particular tweet, you can see, and I think everyone does, a misunderstanding. It was not the intention. The proof is in the movie, and we swing for the fences as we always do. With the amount of creative energy we put in and the budget, there's no expense spared to bring this original story to the screen. Um, and so, um, you know, it clearly Kevin Feige doing a little bit of damage control, which seems like he's been doing quite a bit lately um, for Disney because Bob Chapek is this kind of 
saying weird things and doing weird things. But <laughs> yeah, um, and I th- I think we should clarify too what Simu took exception to it being an experiment. Um, it's the implication that it's like. Yeah, imagine a movie with a, with a Marvel movie with a mostly Asian cast. Can you even imagine? It's like it's like yeah, that sounds obviously ridiculous. Right. But yeah, that's um, just to clarify. That's what. There were some people asking about, you know, why is it not coming to Disney Plus premiere access like Black Widow did? It's going to be exclusively in the theaters. Um, according to Bob Chapek, CEO of Disney, he said, due to distribution agreements, it's simply too late to change how Mar- how the Marvel Studios movie will be rolled out next month. However, <laughs> it's going to be something of an experiment for Disney. That's what he said, uh, because Shang-Chi will have a 45 day exclusive window in theaters before it's made available on digital platforms. Um, so usually it's more of a 90 day thing um, in in modern times here. Um, but basically, this will be in theaters for a month and a half, and then you'll be able to buy it on like iTunes or Google Play Store. Um, but that's not necessarily like how things will go um, for every movie going forward. I guess Eternals, um, it could possibly, you know, change from what they're doing with uh, Black Widow and Shang-Chi. But obviously, I think what Kevin Feige has always said is the theater would always be the preference for for the initial release for all of these films. Yeah, I um, I mean, first of all, I think it's a it's an obvious lie that Bob Chappick says, oh, we just can't renegotiate <laughs> like you're fucking Disney. You can do literally anything you want. But um, yeah, I, I mean, 45 days as opposed to 90 days is definitely a step in the right direction. But I mean, we don't have to get into it yet again. But it's like just release everything also as premier access. Yeah, it is just, weird how they've been picking and choosing a lot of different things. I know a yeah. lot of the Pixar people were really upset that their film was just put out for free, not even on Premiere Access. Yeah. Um, and so it's like the, just the inconsistency is weird. Um, you just don't really know what to expect. Do you think that a lot of the... Okay, let me back up. I suspect, because I read that about the Pixar people too, but it didn't seem like it was the actors. It seemed like it was just like the random, you know, Joe Schmoes who worked on the movie. In which case, if that is true, these people would have no financial incentive at all to see this movie released in theaters, right? So I do wonder if a big part of this is like a generational divide where, say, you know, older people who do this kind of work they just see the th- the theater as like something more than it actually is nowadays whereas like i think the younger generation even like i would not consider us the younger generation but even for us i would say like a youtube video with 100 million views is easily as sick as a movie that makes 100 million dollars in t- just just solely in terms of how we view it. Yeah. I think with um I think with Pixar, I think the problem there, it's not the actors. The actors all get paid. They don't give a fuck. You know, unless they have like a back end deal. Right. Um, you know, like Scarlett Johansson, whatever it is. Um, I think the Pixar employees, a lot of them that were upset were the people that were like animators. And I think a lot of the times they get bonuses based off of like box office performance and stuff like that. Um, you really, really, 
I mean, I just don't. Maybe I just don't believe that. I don't believe I think Disney Pixar would be that is like nice. a very unique situation for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah. I guess Pixar isn't technically. But it is yeah. weird that like I think Disney released their animated film on Premiere Access, but then the Pixar <laughs> oh, one, they're like, right. you can just have it for free. <laughs> you no know? way. Yeah. And wow. so I think like you're right about the generational divide. It's like for some reason you put more value on that other movie. This one you're just throwing out and it's just part of, you know, your $7.99 or whatever it is you're paying for Disney Plus. Right. And so I think there is definitely a level of like, well, if this doesn't go to theaters, it doesn't have the prestige, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think we're slowly moving away from that where you're seeing like streaming movies, uh, you know, win Oscars, things like that. It just there's such a tie to that style of thinking old Hollywood that people really struggle with that. Um, that yeah. and if you need $900 million to break even, you kind of need people to go to the theater multiple times. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there's just going to have to come up with a, with a new way to, uh, to make that money back or just relax on the marketing. What are you, because the problem with the 900 million thing is the movie definitely did not cost $900 million. The movie no, probably yeah. costs like 400 and then the marketing costs another half billy. And it's right. like, for what fucking purpose are you spending $500 million? And this is a guess, but like, I'm sure it's close to accurate. But for what purpose are you spending $500 million or any amount of millions of dollars to promote the latest James Bond movie, one of the most recognizable characters in all of modern history. Right. The longest running film franchise of all time, basically. It's like they are fucking themselves. Like there's no need to do this. The the return on investment cannot possibly be worth it. It just can't. That and I think, you know, like all, you know, not even James Bond, just all of Hollywood for the longest time has just been based on reaping profits over fucking over the viewers yes okay like you you keep the movie in theaters for months so that if you want to go see it again you have to go to the theater and then you know you have these digital copies you have these physical copies that are constantly changing formats you know you have these re-releases these remasters and like all of these hollywood profits have just been based off of just milking and milking and milking a single property a million different times um and it's just we're moving away from that in a lot of ways I yeah. already regret buying Black Widow on Disney uh, Disney Plus Premiere Access because not shortly after that, I could have just bought it on iTunes. And then I actually have that across multiple platforms. If I get mm. rid of my Disney Plus, it remains there. Um, but that came to digital really quickly, too. Yeah. Within weeks. Yeah. And so it's like there's another thing where it's like I have to keep paying for Disney Plus to keep this movie that I already paid like... <laughs> 30 bucks for it's crazy it's absolutely insane can you not link disney plus to uh, what is it called movies on everything or whatever the hell that service used to be uh, movie, movies anywhere uh, yeah no yeah. no you cannot oh that's unfortunate yeah which that's a great app if 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 uh, any of y'all have not heard of that movies anywhere it's a like completely legal app that allows you to connect all of your different uh retailers together so like apple tv prime uh voodoo google play youtube microsoft like anything you've ever bought it it brings them all into one app um so you can look at all of your movies in one place instead of jumping between 17 different apps um but no disney plus if you buy something on premiere access and then stop your disney plus subscription you can't watch that movie 
Wow. So that's all right. Cool. Tangent over. Uh, let's jump back into <laughs> it. Um, the next episode that'll be airing for what if is going to be what if T'Challa became a Star Lord. Um, and there's been some talk about this since it is the last thing that um, Chadwick Boseman uh, did for Marvel Studios. And um, talking about, you know, when when Kevin Feige was at the theater talking about Shang-Chi last night, um, he kind of revealed how this What If episode influenced an earlier version of Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, which is the upcoming sequel. Um and this is what he said. He said, we didn't know it would be his final performance, obviously. He came in numerous times and was excited about it. He read the episode that airs 24 hours from now and then came back and said, quote, I really love this version of T'Challa. And we had a conversation after that with Ryan Coogler about how do we get some of this voice, none of the storyline, but just some of that voice into Black Panther 2. Now, of course, it's remarkably sad and bittersweet, but I'm very happy we have it, and I'm very happy we did it for us. I'm excited for the fans to see that as well. So it'll be interesting watching the episode uh, that's coming up this week to see exactly kind of what uh, Chadwick Boseman was really hinting at there in terms of liking the voice of the Black Panther in this episode. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) that'll... uh... If the voice acting is anything better than trash, it will be a pleasant surprise. Let's just say that. Oh, based yeah. on the based on the first episode of What If. Oh boy, I'm like bursting at the seams right now with this things I want to say. <laughs> All right, I got another spoiler for you um about Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. Um, I'm not going to talk about this movie too much because everyone's talking about this movie all the time, but this came out and I thought it was interesting. Um, a theater chain this week seemingly confirmed plans for a J. Jonah Jameson cameo in the upcoming Venom movie, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, mm, which so, also got delayed again, right. by the way. <laughs> right. So it, you know, this looks like, you know, the character that premiered in Spider-Man Far From Home will also appear in kind of the Sony Spider-Verse movie, Venom, uh, Let There Be Carnage, which I don't like, but like Sony's just going to Sony, right? Yeah. Ugh, I just... Dude, I hate I, everything about this Venom shit. <laughs> yeah, I have no interest in seeing so this movie. Much. Just gonna say it. Also, no. it scares me that they're delaying that movie with Spider-Man coming up. Um, everyone just wants a Spider-Man trailer, um, and they're freaking out about it, but we'll see what happens. I mean, there's no... Like, I would bet damn near everything I own that that Spider-Man movie, no fucking chance comes out in 2021 no chance zero like that it won't come out that it will not come out in 2021 there's no way god damn it i mean let me right i mean why would they like let me look at the calendar here let me pull up my my fancy little mcu 2021 2022 calendar we already seemingly look like we're gonna get miss marvel pushback at least that's my guess. Okay. Um, so Spider-Man is supposed to come out on, I think, the 15th of December. And then Doctor Strange is supposed to come out March 25th, 2022. So there is almost a, f- a full three-month gap in between those movies, if not a little bit more than that. Actually, yeah, a little bit more than that. Um 
so yeah, I guess it, you know, here's my concern is that I feel like Spider-Man no way home definitely has implications for Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. You would think. And so anything that gets pushed back, the whole calendar gets pushed back. Um, and we got so much coming out in the next year. There are four movies scheduled for next year. And so that's where it gets really weird when people start jockeying for, you know, release dates of films. We have one in March. We have one in May, July, and November. So it's a lot to fit in. If one moves, they all move, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all moving. Oh, man. Like, like <laughs> prepare yourself. You know, say what you will about, you know, the quality of the movies, the quality of the shows, whatever it is you prefer. I like that the shows seem to at least, you know, there's no room for moving the shows besides anything that has to delay production. I like that we can mostly rely on their dates there, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, that's your hot take of the day. And my, mine is that Shang-Chi will make more than Black Widow. We'll see what happens. I mean, your hot take is a million degrees hotter than mine. I feel like my t- hot take is lukewarm at best. Yeah, I mean, my hot take is, you know, <laughs> just just like my looks, you know, it's super, super hot. <laughs> yeah, true. All right, let's move on. I can't I can't do this right now. Um, all right, so Eric. Yo. I think both of us have something in common and that we, we both adore the character of Moon Knight. Yes, true. Um, I think, you know, I will give you credit in pushing me to actually read Moon Knight comics for the first time. Um, you hyped up the character a whole bunch, uh, like eight years ago or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, hell yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll dig into this character next. And that was when I was really going full steam ahead on like all the modern Marvel comics. And obviously I, I fell in love with him. Um, there's leaked images as well as a video that came out later of the new Moon Knight costume, obviously Moon Knight being played by Oscar Isaac. I wasn't sure if this was legit, but then a a video of them filming came out and I was like, okay, like I'm pretty sure this is legit at this point. Um, Did you see it? And what did you think? Well, I did not see the video. Uh, I'd be interested to see that, but I did see the image that uh, is going around and, Man, I, re- I I really fucking like it. I I kind of feel like they they nailed it. I we talked about it briefly and it's uh the my first thought was it's not what I expected, but I think it's like it had to be that. They couldn't have done a, an exact you know, there are just some comic book costumes where you can't do a direct interpretation. It would look ridiculous. And Moon Knight is definitely one of those costumes. And Moon Knight also has the, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't, I'm searching for a word that's the opposite of benefit, but uh, Moon Knight does not have the benefit of, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of comics and dozens right. and dozens and dozens of different costumes for costume designers to choose from. He just has a few and they're all very similar. And, yep. um, and yeah, so, so it looks like what they did is they chilled out on the snow white <laughs> color of the costume. They made it more of like a, like a dirtier, like charcoal, kind of gray. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But then what they also did that I really like is he almost, and this is going to sound ridiculous if you haven't seen the picture, but he almost kind of looks like mummy-ish. Yeah, like, no, for sure. There's definitely like mummy, mummy inspiration there. It looks like a lot of wrappings. You know, it's not like just like one piece of material. It, it's it's kind of like a whole bunch woven together, I guess you could call it. Yeah, and and I, if anybody doesn't know the history of Moon Knight, he kind of gets his powers from this uh, Egyptian god. It's I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like Khonshu. Khonshu, yep. And um, yeah, so I think that's like kind of a kind of a genius way to take that costume and have it makes sense um god i really like it i don't have much more to say i I really like it what what about you i'm in the same boat for sure um also shout out if you want to check out some really cool leaked concept art um for moon knight that that really i don't know they don't know where the concept art got leaked from but it seems to really align with the pictures we've seen you can go over to our twitter at infinity rewatch um to see some concept art of this uh the suit as well uh which i really loved but you can you can definitely tell it is the same suit that is in the photos um i highly recommend you go to our twitter and check that out at infinity rewatch um i really liked it you know it seemed i mean if i'm being frank i really think that no matter what anyone you're puts tommy out, you're not frank oh my god <laughs> it's my middle name um <laughs> Danger is my middle name. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? I think no matter what anyone puts out or whatever leaks for literally anything, there will never be universal like love or hate for it. It's always no, yeah. just like a mixed bag. Yeah. I thought that this suit looked awesome. Yeah, same. I thought that they would try to tame it down a whole bunch more. And the, the concept art that leaked looks so fucking cool. And I think a lot of the stuff for this suit will also be kind of put in in post mm-hmm. uh, with his cape and everything. And so... From my view, it looks great. It's going to be awesome. I like Oscar Isaac a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be really good. So super exciting to see. Was not expecting that to pop up on my feed this week. No. Yeah, me neither. I God, it would be so great. I hope that Oscar Isaac as Mark Spector gets FaceTime with like everyone else in the universe. Just because I feel like out of all the new characters coming up, I feel like that's the one that could most easily slot into the uh, like the void left by Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark, because um, he's also an eccentric billionaire, Mark Spector, you know, in many interpretations it fluctuates. But uh, and then also Oscar Isaac c- can bring the snark big time. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just super excited for the future of that character. Same. Looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, you know, and we might learn some more, see some more. I guess apparently there's an event called DC Fandom that's going to take oh, yeah. place on October 16th. Uh, and, you know, with a lot of different, you know, type of footage and things that they're probably going to be bringing forward in terms of new projects. Um, however, there's also going to be something called Disney Plus Day that happens on November 12th. <laughs> so it's going to mark the two year anniversary of Disney Plus being a thing which is crazy to me because it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Um, but that being said, we may see stuff from Miss Marvel, maybe She-Hulk, maybe Hawkeye. Maybe there could be some quick cuts of Moon Knight or something else. We all know it's filming right now. 
you never know. We might see concept art, but uh, November 12th, we'll mark it down in the calendar. Hopefully we see something interesting. Yeah, I'm most excited for the fact that we still won't have a Spider-Man trailer by then, and people will still will think, well, we'll definitely see it on Disney Plus Day, and then we still won't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. People, that's all people do on Twitter. I've even found, I go on Twitter a lot, obviously working on our Twitter and, and just checking other stuff out. Twitter's just awful. I just got to say it. It's just people, no, it's terrible. Yeah, it's the people's worst. opinions are so dumb. Yeah. Um, but uh, what are you going to do? Um, I think last we spoke, we talked about Scarlett Johansson and her lawsuit against Disney. And there was rumors that Emma Stone, who played Cruella DeVille in Disney's Cruella, was also considering suing Disney. Uh, but that appears to not be the case because Emma Stone just struck a new deal with Disney to return for a sequel for uh, Cruella. Um, So I feel like she's super smart. She's like, hey, I want more money. And so let's just use this opportunity as leverage to renegotiate my contract for the second movie. Um, And then you kind of maintain your relationship with this huge, gigantic movie studio that owns everything now. Um, So she's not going to sue Disney, but she's probably going to be getting paid a lot of money. So there you go. Yeah, true. Um, I mean, fuck Disney. I'm just, you know, making that clear, but yeah, totally. Yeah. I I mean, I see both. I'm sure both actresses feel like I'm sure it's going to work out great for both. I hope it does. I hope it does. I mean, they'll be fine. Yeah. Because Scarlett Johansson never has to work for Disney or anyone else ever again for the rest of her life already. So like, I'm sure she doesn't care. And then if she gets this last big payout, she's definitely not going to fucking care. So. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in that case, everyone, you got to look out for yourself when it comes to stuff like that. And so, you know, good yeah. on both of them for for figuring out their shit and becoming even more rich. So, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, speaking of fuck Disney, um, <laughs> I guess a lot of people got upset and I really don't, you know, I, I think I have opinions on this, but I also kind of side with Disney a little bit, too. Um, there's been a lot of talk because it is been reported that if you helped create a character in the comics for Marvel comics, and then they appear in a movie, Disney just cuts you a check for $5,000. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously a lot of the creators are upset about this. Um, you know, on one hand, I completely get it like $5,000 for a movie that grosses like a billion bucks. And you kind of, you know, either helped, you know, create a character or change a character or write that storyline that that the story is based off of. Obviously, all those characters are owned by Marvel, um, and you know it, it's it's different than writing a book and then having that adapted where you own all the intellectual property. And so it's like to me, I'm kind of like, well, you know, like that was the gig, uh, but at the same time, I can see it's like you give me five thousand dollars for this movie that just grossed a billion bucks. It's kind of weird, but you know, I really don't know what the expectation like. What would be enough? <laughs> you know, uh, right. I'm not sure there's really a number for that for people. I mean, um, more than four figures, though. <laughs> right. No, I, think, I completely yeah, agree yeah. with that. Like, maybe cut me a hundred grand or something. I don't know. Like, I still feel like even if it was a lot more, this would still be an issue for a lot of people. Um, Man, I don't know. You think people will be complaining if they I think I think the number's 50. Just add just tack on one more zero. You're making billions. Just, I, I feel like 50s. I feel like 50 is the sweet spot. 
Yeah, it's it's tough because obviously, like, even if you were getting paid $100,000, say, like, Ed Brubaker, who wrote The Winter Soldier, redefined Bucky as a character, mm-hmm. even if you're getting paid, hold on, I gotta, I'm doing my math in my head, even if you're getting paid $100,000, um, you know, if, if it's a movie that's making, um, a billion bucks, that's still like, uh, what, a tenth of 1% of the profit that that movie made. Um, and so it's like, it's not like it's even like at that point, like a significant amount of money. Um, right. But yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't really have that much of an opinion on here. It just like, you know. I don't know. It sucks that you don't really get paid much money, but at the same time, like Jim Starlin created Thanos, you know, getting $5,000. It's completely ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane. Um, But at the same point, you know, what are you going to do? Disney's going to Disney. They don't have money just sitting around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course not. What do you think? They're a bunch of billionaires. All right, let's move on. No, fun fun Um, fact. If you've ever seen uh, the DuckTales intro, that room full of gold coins that Scrooge McDuck dives into, that's actually Disney's real-life vault. That's just real footage. They filmed that. That's not a cartoon. That's right. And then they they threw it. They put a tuxedo coat on a duck, and they (laughs) threw it in, and then they filmed it. There you go. That's your fun fact of the day. That's 100% real. You heard it here first. (laughs) All right, let's talk about the upcoming movie, The Marvels. Um, two things were confirmed this week. Uh, Samuel wait, 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 L. Jackson. Wait, wait. That's a movie? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. What? The Marvel. Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. Holy shit. I would have bet my life that was a television show. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, so Miss Marvel will have her show, but then The right. Marvels is a movie. Right. So it's, an, it's okay. intended to be Captain Marvel 2, essentially. Yep. Okay. Um, so Samuel L. Jackson basically confirmed that he's going to reprise his role as Nick Fury in that movie, um, which I think makes complete sense. Um, but it also looks like Jude Law's Jan Rog will be reprising his role. Um, and it, you know, according to Murphy's Multiverse, um, really good journalism going on over there. Apparently the actor (laughs) Shamir Anderson um, is likely tied to that movie as well. And a lot of people are um, are rumoring that rumoring, is that even a fucking word? Are it suggesting that he might be playing the character Blue Marvel, um, which would make a lot of sense as well. Which would be mm. super cool. Very deep cut character. Um, yeah. But he kind of came back into comics, Vogue or whatever you want to call it, in the last 10 years or so. Um, and it kind of fits with the name of the whole movie. You know, just blue marvel yeah that makes sense i'm unfamiliar with that character but i am here for it let's do it yeah it's super awesome he's kind of to me he's along the same lines as like the sentry oh uh, where he's kind of like this unknown character and um adam brashear who is the blue marvel like he was fighting alongside the avengers um and then i think like they hadn't seen him since like the sixties or something. And like he disappeared. I don't know. It's really weird stuff. Um, but I highly recommend checking out Adam legend of the blue Marvel. If you've never heard of him, it's a really interesting story. Nice. All right. Uh, last up for me, Robin's gay. All right, let's move on. Um, no, no, right. You didn't even get it right. Robin's <laughs> by. What are you yeah, talking no, that's, about? Well, this is, those are synonymous terms to me. 
That's a... <laughs> okay. No, I, think, I, just... I think you're going to have a fuckload of people disagree with you there. But, hey, fair. No, it's kind of like, uh, to me, it's... Uh, you know, <laughs> talking talking about Twitter opinions, you are going to rile up Twitter with that statement. Oh, I love it. Yeah, no. <laughs> First of all, let me state I'm a member of the LGBT community. Um, no, it's like a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about it. Um, but no, this is actually <laughs> yeah, really I mean, interesting this week. Um, Tim Drake, uh, his version of Robin, came out as bisexual in Batman Urban, Urban Legends number six. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's good, good representation. Yeah. I, better I mean, than a lot. You know, at least he actually did something. You know, he was like, wants to go on a date with a dude other than just kind of right being a throwaway line yeah yeah i mean i think anybody who is shocked by either tim drake or dick grayson uh experimenting with their sexuality uh has not been paying attention because seems pretty obvious to me uh but i just gotta say like as a queer person i've always wanted to dress up as robin for halloween for my entire life i've done it once and i always want to do it every single year it's just like the greatest character ever so and it, no and shocker it, here. Especially, I won't go into a tangent. I know we're already getting long, but especially Tim Drake Robin is such a great fucking character. Um, yeah, so, uh, amazing, uh, amazing character and uh, cool revelation. But like I said, seemed pretty obvious. <laughs> the right. only, the only Robin that I would say, I I would say comes off as strictly hetero would be Jason Todd. Uh, but Dick, Dick and, uh, and Tim, uh, you know, there's, gay, they, they have some fun. The way, baby. They have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, like I always like, this is a difficult thing with, L- um, jeez, I was excited over there. Yeah. I, yeah. Was, the mailman had the audacity to drop off the mail. Melody's extremely excited about LGBT representation. And True. I think the hard part with all this is these a lot of these characters have existed, uh, you know, like since like, you know, the 40s, 50s, 60s. So it's like it's hard when you've had like 50 plus years of a character being in the comics and then just be like, they're gay now. And so, like, it's a hard thing. Well, but it's you know, it's good that this iteration who he hasn't existed since the 90s, maybe Tim Drake. Yeah, some some like that, some like that. So it's like it's a little bit easier with with these type of characters to be able to show a little bit more representation. True. So I I hear that argument, and I also understand that you are not necessarily the one making that argument, but people do make that argument. And here yes, would be my yeah. rebuttal to that argument: is like, oh, this character's been around sixty years, and it's the same, it's just the way it is. It's like, okay, in our world, the reality of the character has been around for sixty years. But in comic book land, that ca- all characters, for the most part, have been around like five, maybe ten years. So it's like right, yeah. it's it's the floating n- timeline. Yeah. So it's like it could easily take a person, especially a teenager like Tim Drake. You know, in in a twenty year storyline of a comic book that only takes place in two to three a- comic book years, it's like. That makes perfect sense to me how different characters might have wildly different personality traits than they did at the beginning of a storyline because it's not this. It hasn't been 60 years in DC world like. Right, right. So, you know, that would be my rebuttal to those to those people. 
Well, and here's you know here's my rebuttal, and I think I I have a place to say this is yeah. that everyone's straight until they ain't. Yeah, true. Yeah. So and, hey, you know. And and I will also say because I realize what I just said could be misinterpreted. Also, you can decide to change your mind about literally anything at literally any age. Right. So yeah. like, so like, if That's you the best part about life. Yeah, if you've considered yourself straight for the first 55 years of your life and you hit 56 and you say, you know what? I I want to try the dong. You're allowed to do that. Like I, that's what that's and I great. recommend it. <laughs> there you go. All right. There we go. There you There's go. my recommendation for the week. <laughs> try Dick. Try it. Just give it a try. <laughs> Holy shit. Just, it's just like vegetables. You know, you might not like it, but at least you tried it. <laughs> All right, we're supposed oh, to be doing a like a God. Marvel podcast, aren't we? No, no, we're supposed to, we're educating the people on important topics right now. <laughs> so yeah, super exciting. Kind of want to be Robin again this year for yeah, Halloween, fuck but yeah. you know, I just want to say I want to be the 1960s Robin that has like the cutoff uh, at the legs. Oh man, yes, it's great. It's if a great you, outfit. so I have a fantastic uh, Nightwing mask. I will try to, uh, I'll try to like drop 20 pounds by. Halloween time, and, and we should do some promo shoots of you as Robin. And, oh, and me my gosh. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. It'll be, uh, you know, the Robins going out to the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, man. Just going home to see Daddy Batman. Jesus. All right. That is everything I have. Do you have anything else for news this week, my friend? Yeah, it's not really anything that we uh, need to talk about, but just so everyone knows, uh, they just today, in fact, on the day we are recording this, which is later than usual, um, but uh, if you're hearing this, the trailer for Star Wars Visions is officially out. It dropped today. Holy fuck, does that show look amazing. Um, God, I can't wait. I really, really, really can't wait. If you are unaware, that is where they... Basically went to like seven uh, of the most like renowned anime studios and was like, hey, you want to do Star Wars? And they were all like, are you fucking crazy? Yes. Yes, we obviously do want to do Star Wars. And they all did. And uh, it looks amazing. You got to watch that trailer if you haven't seen it yet. Super pumped. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I need to. I saw a lot of people talking about that today. Yeah, big fan. But that's that's all uh, that's all I for news. All righty, let's jump right into it. Marvel What If episode one titled "What If Captain Carter Were the First Avenger?" Mm. Um, hmm. AKA What If this episode was, was good? <laughs> yeah. What if it was good? What if it was? Nearly identical to Captain America, the first Avenger, the movie with like very minor, not significant changes. Uh, What if it was a waste of time to watch? What if the voice acting was really bad? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The only voice acting I liked was by Ross Marcond, who does the he does the uh, Red Skulls voice. He did the Red Skulls voice in uh avengers endgame as well um since uh what's his name doesn't like playing red skull anymore God yeah damn, hugo weaving yep um it's called agent smith job. 
Um, I never remember his name. I just call him Agent Smith at all times. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what I do too. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, Agent Smith Elrond. Fuck, like, I can't remember it. Um, dude, like, I am so hype on Marvel right now. Yeah, I am back at my peak. I I'm so excited about everything that's coming out. I did not care about this at all. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yes. Like, the premise is not that interesting. No. It was almost like, like they're like, okay, so you know, Steve is supposed to be the super soldier, just like he was originally going to be in the first Avenger. Then you know, the German spy bombs everything, and then they're like, we need to do this now, blah blah blah. Like Steve Rogers gets shot, uh, you know, by you know the German was a Heinz Kruger or whatever. Yeah, um, Hans and so Kruger. she hops in. And just becomes a super soldier. And then, like, randomly that inspires, uh, you know, fucking Howard Stark to just build the Mark I suit. Well, no, I don't think I don't think I'll give it some credit here. I'll defend it here. That only happened because in this version, the allies got hold of the Tesseract. Yeah, that's true. OK, that's so. True. But still, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's still not like. Didn't at the end of the first Avenger, Howard Stark picked up the Tesseract like they still could have built the Mark one in the normal timeline. He got the Tesseract at the end of that movie. True. But by that point, Red Skull had already been defeated. So like, what's the why? Why would he? And weapons Steve still, Rogers still was be gone. getting made, though. You know, I don't know. It just yeah. it felt like there was an explanation for it because that just was was what they were going to do. Yeah, fair. But I, I will say, I think that was like the least annoying part to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, but I hate I, it all. So, yeah. Yeah. I, so I think the issue for me with the one of many, but a big one is they didn't change it enough. This was literally just right. gender swap Captain America. And it's like, cool, I guess. But like, do literally anything. I don't want to watch a worse movie, a worse version of a good movie that already exists. Like, yeah. And, no, and, and let me let me very much clarify that it's not worse at all because of the concept of Peggy Carter becoming Captain America. It's worse because the pacing was t- crazy. And, and I like never even noticed pacing ever. And I felt like the pacing was awful. Um, and the biggest thing is like this series is such a perfect example, better than anything else I could ever think of, of why acting and voice acting are two ridiculously different skills and they don't necessarily translate. Yeah, it is like funny because I like I was not taken out at all by the fact that it wasn't Chris Evans I was taken out by the ones that were the real people that played the yeah, actual characters. Yeah, what the fuck was that Bucky voice, dude? Yeah. What? That was You know, there weird. was like one funny joke about like him losing his arm. And that was like okay. I think I would have liked this episode a lot more if when Steve fell from the train that he became the winner yeah, soldier. Yeah, of course. But instead for some reason he's just being held captive by the red skull inside the suit and is just chilling there. Yeah. And it, that didn't make any sense. You know? uh, yeah, because the suit, I guess, is indestructible. In which case, why spend 0.4 seconds 
and say, cause it's made of vibranium or whatever. Like how possibly could World War II, first of all, how do you have enough vibranium to make the shield and also a full ass Iron Man suit that you don't is the answer. So what is that suit made out of? How right. is it indestructible? Can we get some more of that shit? Yeah. yeah. Is the Tesseract just have its own fucking gravity field that's just keeping it all together? Like, it's yeah, there's just, absolutely no explanation for yeah. that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I did like the one thing I did like, I liked how Captain Carter's she was more brutal than Captain America. And I like that. Like she would just like knock the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was way like the action was more brutal and how she handled the shield and fighting the Nazis. Um, yes. And so I liked that. Um, but like, I don't know, some of it was just really weird. Like, uh, Steve comes flying in, in his gigantic Hydra stomper and she's like, good heavens. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's not Peggy Carter. Yeah. It sounds more like, you know, a pumped up version of Mary Poppins. And I love Mary Poppins, but yeah. that shit was weird. Yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> yeah, I thought Peggy Carter, well, to address the, Thing about her being more brutal i think it's and i heard this on this is not an original thought i heard this on a youtube video somewhere but uh somebody made the point that it's because she just had more training than steve did steve right, was just yeah. a guy so like she already kind of knew how to fight and shit um so th- so that's i think that's probably and, and i i like that i i agree i i also like that and i will say also the animation in this episode I thought was great, particularly yeah. the fight animation. Yeah, I liked all the animation in it. That was totally fine. Um, to me, it was really just like the story and some of the voice actors. Like, that didn't even sound like Haley Atwell to me. No, no, you're right. It was bizarre. It, it sounded like someone trying to be her. And then when I read that it was her, I was like, what? That doesn't even sound anything like her. Yeah, did not sound like her, did not sound like Sebastian stan why am i blanking on his name yeah yep sebastian stan um uh the the voice actor doing steve rogers sounded more like chris evans than the people who yeah it's just right yeah it was weird it didn't make any sense at all yeah um and you know like at the very end of the episode they kind of they go to um the black or is that the black what am i saying uh johan schmidt's like castle red skull's castle were you about to were you and, thinking black mask from uh from batman yeah i don't know very what I was very, similar, <laughs> yeah. very similar yeah um so they go to like red skull's castle and he's just like he just happens to be like pulling a gigantic octopus thing that like you know they don't really name who that character is um you know there's like some hydra uh. characters that are that are kind of like that but like you know this gigantic octopus thing is coming out of another dimension. Yep. And via the Tesseract, <laughs> did you say that? What's that? It's coming through via the Tesseract portal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Through the portal from the Tesseract. And, you know, they're not able to stop it. And so Peggy just pushes it back in after, like, you know, it was able to just like grab Red Skull and like just smash him to death that was the other part i really liked yeah is yeah. it just Hulk fucking destroyed him um but yeah like they didn't really explain that at all it happened really quick and then she just kind of leans into it and pushes it back into the portal which just felt weird to me well 
not so that scene is actually <laughs> the most annoying thing about this episode to me by far and it's not a big deal probably but i couldn't stop thinking about it cuz it was so fucking insane so during that scene this crazy uh tentacle monster is coming out of this portal and i believe peggy one of the characters i think it was peggy captain carter said at the rate it's spreading it could overtake all of Europe. I was like, it's just like, it's very slowly overtaking a single room in a warehouse right now. Fucking relax. What do you mean? What about this situation makes you think this could take over all of Europe? It's in a room. It's the size of a room. Like what in, why, why, what, what made them think that I have to know. I know it's not important, but it drove me fucking crazy. All of Europe is such a ridiculously huge amount of space. It's just in a room. It's in a single room. Why were they like, whoa, this has Europe-sized potential? And the important thing is that she just leaned into it and slowly nudged it back to wherever it came from. Yeah. So No, yeah, I completely agree. It just, it just didn't make sense. No. So uh, cl- clearly we're we're jumping around for this episode. So I oh, yeah. so all over the place. So I want to ask you because it, the first time I watched the ending which ends with you know she pushes the thing back and then they do a weird weird interpretation of like the last dance thing where Steve's like you owe me a dance lesson. And she's like, Saturday, but I'm going to go kill myself real quick first. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, so she does. And then after that, um, it kind of fast forwards to a similar scene of Nick Fury and Clint Barton fucking around with the Tesseract in 2012, modern-ish day. And then Peggy comes out of that portal. Now, here's my question to you. Was that, did Peggy go straight from the tentacle monster to that? Or was she fucking around the timeline for like a long time before she got there? I think it can, it can easily go any way they want it Yeah, to. same. But I think it's um, going to go the, the second way. I think she's been fucking around. She seems way too put together. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... It, it was very ambiguous, and I think definitely that was meant to be that way. I thought the transition into that scene was really janky. It just like yes, you could tell where they wanted to go, and I feel like they just cut out a whole bunch um, from what they wanted to like storyboard right. And it just kind of jumped to that scene, and it just you know, it was very it was handled very nonchalant, and I didn't like it. Um, but I really do hope that despite the fact that I didn't like this episode, that it's not the last we see of her. It would be interesting to see more of that character in some other instance. And so maybe they're leaving that open, you know, maybe all the different timeline hijinks link together somehow. I thought that when we were talking about the news of this show, that this would be a lot more interconnected. Dr. Strange would be involved kind of going between the episodes. And this was all one off, you know? Well, I, um, and so I don't know. We'll see. I, it, it's it felt it, it the whole episode felt so stilted to me. Yeah, and just strange. Yeah, I will say I do still think it's going to all be interconnected, and I'm pretty sure. I don't think this was a rumor. I think this is like an official thing 
I'm pretty sure that uh, one of the writers on What If said that Captain Carter is like the character they're going to keep coming back to. Um, like she's going to be kind of the connective tissue between all the the. <sighs> Which for me, it's like I don't really like. I like Haley Atwell a lot. I've never been the biggest fan of Peggy Carter. We've talked about this before. And, uh, like, she's fine, but I just, it seems she, more than any other character, by far more than any other character, it seems like that's the character that Marvel is desperate to shove down everyone's throats. Like, yeah, what's up you with are going to like Peggy Carter. <laughs> like, dude, yeah, no, I'm I mean, not. Like, I don't have anything against her. It's just like she's not that interesting. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. Is like, uh, yeah, it's just. I think in this next episode where it's going to be uh, T'Challa as Star Lord, there's like a version of Nebula that's different, and I'm like, wow, I'm way more interested in her than I am in Peggy Carter. Right? Yeah, for sure. It's not like it's not just like that. It's just like, oh, I like I love like female superheroes so much. Like Captain Marvel is like one of my favorites next to Daredevil, which obviously is not a female, but I love Captain Marvel. I love Miss Marvel. They're two of my favorite characters. Peggy Carter and like this episode, it just feels it feels like a fan theory of what one of these episodes should be. Yes, that is exactly yeah, it felt like fan, it it was it didn't even feel like it straight up just was fan fiction. That's it. And it's like, so shallow. Yeah. It wasn't very creative. You know, it just, the pacing was terrible. Any of the non-voice actors were pretty awful too. You know, it, I feel like you either get good at voice acting or maybe just have voice actors for everything. I feel like they were really trying yeah. to push the, like the connection to the MCU, but like it was just cringy. Yeah, and it shouldn't be if they were going to do that, you have to get everyone. What are you fucking picking and choosing people? Like I yeah, don't get like it. the half and half bothers yeah. me a lot. Yeah, I I just I don't I don't get it. And it is weird because it doesn't seem like all of them were even asked. Yeah, right, cuz uh Batista Dave Batista said he wasn't even asked to to reprise. Which like what what is the delineation? I just, I just don't understand. I, I mean, I guess it's because, like, why would you hire Dave Bautista, someone who you would have to pay a lot of fucking money to say three lines that are only going to be mediocre jokes when you could just pay a voice actor one one hundredth of what you would have had to pay him to do the same thing? Like, I, I understand yeah. that, but... It's just weird that some of the other ones, like, they're totally fine with doing it. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I'm just worried because we got eight other episodes and I just want to like them. And yes. I did not like this. Yeah. I, uh, how did you feel? And this might, I'm going to really try to walk a line here. Cause this is my thought oh on this might be borderline cancelable, but, uh, you've been canceled. Yeah, true. Um, did you buy, Steve and Peggy's love connection in this episode. Cause I did, Here's the thing. I did not, I don't think it would. Here's happen. the thing here is like, it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the fact that it already existed. Do you get what I'm saying? Like if like, they didn't already fall in love in the first Avenger, nothing about it would have been believable. Yes. Yes. It's because it's already been established as something between the two characters. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like fine with it. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I just feel like in, 
whatever fucking old timey year they're in, like the strongest, most badass woman alive, a war hero, a not a Howard Stark level genius, but like ridiculously intelligent, super attractive. What? And it's like, look, Steve Rogers has a good heart, right? But like, without those fucking washboard abs, it's like he's just kind of a guy. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I see it. I don't know if that's like, I don't know if you're allowed to be that. Uh, I, I mean, I'm kind of saying like, you know, physical attractiveness should not matter that much. I agree. But also it just does in reality. And eat way more so in the forties, so it's like I think like the, th- the I think the difficult thing here is, is and obviously they weren't able to put as much in this episode that they wanted, right? Of course, that's clear. yeah. So in the first Avenger, I, I guess we're to assume that everything happened as it did until the Super Soldier scene. So I think she was already kind of liking him prior to that, mm-hmm. but then obviously as he became captain america he did all these heroic things she fell for him even more right um and so it's like we just never saw like there was like a lot of moments in the first avenger that were not in this at all after after the super soldier part that like really made their relationship seem real Mm -hmm. and so that's why to me it, it fell flat even though like i can see her still liking him there just was never any scenes at all in this episode that were like they like each other you know, and, and this feels real. It was just really quick. And so it just, it didn't have the foundation. Yeah. Well, I, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you, you phrased it correctly. There. It's like, I totally understand Steve being interested in Peggy. Oh, I don't understand the reciprocation in this, in this version. Yeah. Which weird, which is like, but I do feel weird about it because I definitely understand it both ways in, Captain America, the first Avenger, just because especially during that time, it's just like the way the gender roles were. If Steve's like, you know, a skinny kind of nerdy, seemingly unpopular kind of dude, any female attention, he's probably going to be stoked for. Right. So like Peggy or anybody, whatever. But then Peggy's great. So it's like she's like way ahead of the pack. So that's great. But it's like it's but also. In the same universe, switch spaces peggy even before the captain america transformation undoubtedly had a lot of male attention or whatever kind of attention she was into and the fact it's like i don't know i just it doesn't it just doesn't make any logic am i making any sense at all right now no i mean i think i think it completely makes sense i you know if you take the first avenger out of the equation, if you take everything that happens post that first scene in this episode, it just doesn't really make sense. We're just supposed to go along with it because that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. And if we don't know that's what's supposed to happen, then it doesn't make any sense. Yes. It, it's just like when movies say things and do things because they know the audience will react to it, and it doesn't make sense in the context of what it is you're watching. Right. In the context yeah. of what it is we're watching... It doesn't have the same weight to it, and it doesn't make sense because they didn't do the due diligence for it. Yes. It does, and obviously, when you think about it from a societal perspective, too, it seems even 
less likely, right? Yeah. Uh, which yeah, I think that's is what you were hitting could, on. Yes. Yeah. Just totally from the get. societal perspective, it's just like, there's no chance that that relationship is happening. If yeah. I feel like if anything, I would have been way more okay with it if she would have fell for Howard. Just, you know, th- this, this is just hitting on the point that I think we've both been making. It was so much the same. Yes, yes. It was it a drastic change from what happened in our timeline, but so much still remained the same. And oh, it's so boring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was not, I was not a big fan. I didn't like, I didn't absolutely fucking hate it, but I was really, really disappointed. Yeah, I really hope that this next one um, gives us a lot, a lot more than than uh, what we got with Captain Carter. If this next episode starts with "Hey, I will be like I'll be actually angry," like Dude, if if they're just up. redoing, if they're just redoing all the movies, just like with a different with a swapped out character, it's gonna be so dumb. Oh boy, I don't have much faith, my friend. Yeah. I mean, this was written by AC Bradley, who is, you know, uh the head writer for the entire show. So mm, he's like yeah, the creator he, he, for he, Disney What If. Yeah, I just or Marvel. The first what if. episode was written by that guy? Yep. Oh. He's the head writer for all of Marvel What If. Oof. Okay. Oh, hey, what we if this episode was here. good? Yeah. All right. Um, No, and just one more thing. When they cut to Samuel L. Jackson and Hawkeye, I don't know why I'm switching between their actual names and the character names. (laughs) It just like felt so shoot in. And, you know, Nick Fury was totally cool with the fact that Captain Carter was coming out of that, out of that, uh, that little portal there. It's, you know, so many questions. So many questions. But that's Indeed. all I had to say about that. Forrest Gump style. Yeah, same. Very mediocre. Alrighty, my friend. Are we ready to rate this episode? Yes. All right. As we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate our episodes, movies, whatever it is we're talking about out of six whole infinity stones. And you know what? This is getting a one from me. Whoa! Whoa. I don't think I've ever done that. Have I done that before? I don't think so. Well, I didn't like it. Wow. I just it just it felt like I could have written that episode in a couple hours. Yeah, true. And I would have done a better job. And this is the only time I will ever say that because I am not a writer for these type of things <laughs> or writer in general. But this was just not good. It was just like boring and the voice acting was weird and it was so surface level. It didn't excite me in any way. It just felt like I was watching someone paint by numbers. And it just, I, I watched it and I just, that it just felt deflated. It's like, there were some funny little bits. I liked the animation. That was fine. But like, you yeah. better step it the fuck up. Because this was not that good. And I, yeah. you know, I hate to say it, but I, I've loved everything else they've put out. This is not something I like. Yeah, this is pro- so I sorry, it, it, it are you finished with your summary? <laughs> I was just going to say like there was there was someone that uh 
that came out and reviewed this show, and they were just talking. They were just blowing smoke right up the ass of this show, saying like how great it is and blah, 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 and like how it's mind-blowing. I don't know what they were watching. That's all I got to say. Yeah, that's uh, that's nuts. That's for sure nuts. Um, I will say I'm going to give this show a two, this episode a two out of six, because I did think the animation was good. And that uh, that deserves to be applauded. But I will say, even though I've given other things a two, I think I gave uh, an episode or two of WandaVision a two. I'm sure I gave an episode of uh, Falcon and what's a nuts a two uh but this was objectively the worst i may have i may have liked those other ones not the same amount but this is objectively the worst thing that marvel television has put out to this date i think yeah no um, i completely agree i like falcon and the Winter soldier better and that's saying something even the episode without zemo was better than this like I don't I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if I necessarily liked Captain the Winter Soldier better. I would say I liked it about the same as this episode, but this episode was objectively like qu- worse quality, clearly. Yes. Oh yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> For sure. Unfortunately, very unfortunately. Yeah, I really hope that maybe it's just a fluke. Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe it isn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like, I, I really, for my personal taste, I was really worried about WandaVision. And that really, I mean, I, at by the end of it, I was loving it. So I, I hope, that it, obviously, that can happen. So I hope the same thing happens here. I mean, the head writer of this show is known for writing Troll Hunters Tales of Arcadia. Oh. And Three Below Tales of Arcadia. Oh. So. Dude. <laughs> They wrote 23 episodes of that show. So, I mean, if they can write Troll Hunters, yeah. why not what, do Marvel? What can't what they do? <laughs> it turns out they won, uh, let's see, they won the Best Writing Award from the Kids Screen Awards. Um, and they, they won a Daytime Emmy. There you go. Wow. Outstanding Writing in an Animated Program. Daytime Emmy. Everybody knows that's the good one, right? That's right. <laughs> they won one and, and were just nominated for another. So. Okay. They also were nominated for an Annie Award. Mm. So uh, there, there's that. Wow. So. All righty. <laughs> let's move on before I despoil everything with my piss poor attitude. <laughs> um, let's hop over to recommendations. Eric, what do you got for us this week? Yeah, so uh, sometimes I have to really like dig for a recommendation. Because I always like to wait until I finish things before I recommend them. I don't like to because then I just fuck myself all up. Um, but th- no digging this week. My recommendation is everyone absolutely has to go watch Dave, the TV show Dave on FX. Um, it stars uh, Dave Bird, who you might know as Lil Dicky, and it's kind of it's. It's fiction, but it's kind of like a a fantasy version of his life. And it's just like, it's it's incredible. I mean, it really, really incredible. Particularly the last two episodes of this 
most recent season, which is the second season, kind of goes through his like journey as an artist or more specifically as, you know, an, an exceptionally uh, just like nerdy white rapper. And um, and it, it's just like the cast is phenomenal, particularly he he cast his friend and and real life hype man for the past like several years who goes by Gata and this fucking guy is unbelievable um he I, I guess in real life he has uh bipolar disorder and they talk about this on the show and they really like I just feel like one, this guy's an incredible actor and it just like his story, even though it's sort of a fictionalized version of his story, it's, uh, it's so engrossing and so like powerful. And then it kind of culminates at the end of this second season with like Lil Dicky and Gata's just friendship and, and, and their business relationship. And like, you know, there's so much stress and also it's FX and also it's Lil Dicky. So like, truly absurd things happen that is like super uncomfortable to watch um some episodes are like really hard to like he clearly enjoys cringe as a genre and like really likes making people feel that emotion which is not my favorite but even even though i'm not the audience for that it's still it's like so masterfully done it's art it's it's like really art in the same way FX loves letting people make those kind of shows the same way that like Atlanta I would consider would be like art. Dave is for sure. Um, God, it is fucking incredible, particularly the last two episodes of this last season. Um, If those guys don't win real Emmys, not daytime Emmys, I think people are going to riot. So damn. Yeah. So I really how many seasons of this show are there? Just two, just two. And and they're super short. They're like eight episode long seasons. Interesting. But oh man, like really, really incredible stuff. Interesting. Let me just real quick, the, the second to last episode of this season is basically so the the char- Dave's character, who is still Lil Dicky, like it's still him. Um, he is having like crazy writer's block. He's trying to write his debut album. Can't do it. So his label sends him to meet with legendary, um, record producer and, and, uh, just music guru, uh, I Rick Rubin, I think. And Mm -hmm. so he goes to Rick Rubin's house. He never meets Rick Rubin because instead Rick Rubin sends out a couple lackeys to like make sure he's ready and what they end up doing is they end up basically (laughs) dosing him with acid and putting him in a sensory deprivation tank and the rest of the episode is just like his trip in the in the sensory deprivation tank and breaking through his own barriers that he's creating for himself that are creating his writer's block and it's like phenomenal it's fucking phenomenal Dude, sounds fucking bananas. It's cr- I love it. It's so good. So fucking good. All right, Dave on FX. Yes. I might have to check this out. It's a little dicky guy. Yeah. All right, mine's going to be a music recommendation this week. 
Oh, okay. I was able to finally see a band uh, that my partner introduced me to called Here Come the Mummies. And okay. they're basically like a funk rock ska type band in which there's like a bunch of members that dress up as mummies and they perform. <laughs> and they're super fun. Their live performances are crazy. And like all of their songs are like double entendres related to sex. And Love it. super funny. Uh, their their own promotional materials say some say here come the mummies was cursed after deflowering a great pharaoh's daughter <laughs> others claim that they are reincarnated grammy winning studio musicians um so like they don't even have like a member a band member like list anywhere oh yeah they're, they're basically like rumored to be like a bunch of random musicians some of them like grammy award winning like artists and like they kind of rotate a whole bunch and the band members are like kept under wraps so that they don't like, you know, if they're under contract or whatever, they don't like ruin their contract agreements. But yeah, regardless, they're like super fun. The music's catchy as fuck. And it was just a great show. So I highly recommend if you want some like fun, like funky music, rock music, kind of Scottish type music. It's really just like funky jams. Check out Here Come the Mummies. Love it. Super, super good band. They're definitely worth it to like watch some of their live stuff. So, are there like, is there first of all, their music has vocals? Yes, yep. Is like, do people know have people sussed out who if is the vocalist like anyone or is he solely a vocalist for this band? Um, I don't know. I don't know if like there's like anyone like guessing like who the people are. I think yeah. they rotate a little bit, but okay. Um, I haven't done any like deep research on people trying to figure out who exactly each of the members are. Okay. This but, this really reminds. Do you remember this band? This is a deep, deep, deep cut. But do you remember this band way back in the day? Uh, they were just you know stereotypical emo kind of band, where all of the members wore like animal masks. Yes. Yep. Yep. Do you remember what they were called? Um, hold on. That was. And I'm uh, quite sure the singer was the guy from Chiodos. Yeah. Yeah. That's I which was, was obvious. Up. Like he has a super obvious voice. But I think everybody else. The is sound like kinda, of animals fighting. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And I, I think that was supposed to be kind of secretive for a little while. Yeah. I'm trying to the sound of animals. Yeah. Because that was. Um, that was Craig also, Owens. Anthony Green, guy. I think. Yes, I think you're right. Wow. I haven't heard these names in. Yep, that's them for sure. Yeah, it was the guy from RX Bandits, Anthony oh, Green shit. from Circus Survive. Um, I think. RX Bandits is very underrated, by the way. Yes, they are. I think a lot of the guys were actually from RX Bandits. Shit. Uh, and then I think the guy from Chiodos and then Anthony Green as well weird Man. yeah I what totally an interesting concept i i like that yeah i like it too i love side projects i uh find them fascinating yeah. um but yeah if you want to check out a song i would i would highly recommend uh the song pants by here come the mummies all right um alrighty, that'll do it for this week we'll be back next week to discuss the next episode of what if called what if t'challa became star lord um hit us up at infinity uh and at infinity rewatch on twitter i can't talk today um or shoot us an email at the infinity watch podcast at gmail.com uh does peggy carter feel fondly about billionaires eric 
Put you on the it's, spot. It's so hard. All right. <clears throat> All right. Peggy Carter. Okay, I got to get into the voice. You got it. You got it. All right. <clears throat> Captain Carter here with an important message. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> the billionaires. No, that's not good. That's not good. That was fine. It. it was good enough. Good heavens. Good heavens. Yeah, big time fuck the billionaires. Fuck the military industrial complex. Uh, yep. Yeah. Bullshit. Oh my God. I just got an email to our Infinity Watch podcast, the Infinity Watch podcast gmail.com. It says increase size. Whoa. Drive your partner crazy in bed tonight. Hey. So, <laughs> do you think you that's that. what, do you think? So that's what Peggy took, right? She increased I, her I size. Think, I think we just found the reason why she likes Steve so much. Shit. <laughs> there we go. All right. Oh. Until next time, my friend. Good shit.